Let us remain standing. Let us remain standing for the reading of the word. And Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. The word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. I've often wondered how the disciples may have heard that line. Because in this ritual of the Passover, there were lines to say. There were things to do. There were moments of ritual that everyone expected and knew what was coming along. And then in this moment, Jesus takes the bread. And instead of talking about the exodus and and leaving their homes in haste, and that's why the bread is unleavened, Jesus says, this is my body. I wish I could have seen their faces. I can't imagine what they may have heard in that. Or maybe even what they heard later about it. But in this moment, Jesus does something that says, what we are doing here flows from me to you. And in this moment, I am serving you because I'm going to give you of myself. When you eat this, this is my body, which is given for you. This is my body. This is my blood. Now that can sound kind of uh, problematic if we think of the body and blood as the dead body and blood of Christ. As if we think of it as the body that's hanging on the cross. But if we think of it as the body that is the living Christ, that what Christ does in this moment with us at the table is share His life with us. Because the bread is for nourishment, isn't it? You drink the bread for nourishment. You drink the wine for joy and gladness of heart. You are enriched and, in, uh, and nourished by what God is doing in the moment. And this is something that flows not only from the bread and the wine, but Jesus says, look, what's going on, more, what's going on here is more than just eating bread and drinking wine. And what's going on is more than just cognitive triggers, right? So I I take the bread and, oh, oh yeah, bread. Oh yeah, I remember. Certainly that's going on. That's part of it. But there's more to it than that. Because Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 that the bread which we break is the communion the participation, the sharing of 
the body of Christ. And the cup for which we give thanks is the communion, the participation or sharing in the blood of Christ. There's more going on than cognitive triggers for memory. There's more than going on than Jesus says, here's a token, remember me. Jesus is saying, this is my body, this is communion with me. And I am giving myself to you so that we might share life together. It's about nourishment. That in this moment we are nourished not by the dead body of Christ, but by the resurrected living body of Christ who sits at the right hand of God and by the Spirit of God communes with us as we announced in our opening blessing. We commune, the communion of the Holy Spirit. And so though through the Holy Spirit, we are connected to the living Christ and the living Christ feeds us and nourishes us so that even the martyr Ignatius in 112 A.D. said, this is the medicine of immortality. It's about life and the life God gives us. This isn't about a moment where we burden ourselves with guilt. We open the service unburdening ourselves of guilt. We open the service confessing our sin and hearing the promise of Christ to forgive us of our sins. We come to this table not as sinners. We come to this table as forgiven people who come to the table to sit with the Christ who gives us life and shares life with us. If you're burdened this morning, if you feel the guilt, if you feel the hurt, you've had that week, you've had that month, you've had that year of oppressive guilt and shame, and you're feeling like, I can't go to the table. It's exactly why you should come to the table. Because here, Jesus says to you, this is my body, which is given for you. This is my blood, which is poured out for you. This is for you. This is my gift to you. Bring whatever heartaches you have to the table. Bring whatever sins you have. Bring whatever guilt or shame you have. Bring it to the table. Because this is where the table says to us, You are forgiven. You are at peace with God. Come and be nourished by God. Come and be nourished by the life of Jesus Christ. Take the bread into your hand. And know... No, as surely as I eat this bread, I belong to Christ. God has forgiven me and now is pouring life into me. This is my body. In a few moments, 
Those of you who are serving, you can prepare to serve. In a few moments, we're going to pass the trays, but I want to ask you to do something. The person that you're sitting next to, if you're not sitting next to someone, get next to someone. I would like for you to take the bread and remind the person next to you that this is life. Remind the person next to you that this is gift. Remind the person next to you that this is forgiveness. And as you pass the tray to the next person and they begin to take the bread out of the tray, you speak to them. This is a table, right? You speak to them and you say the words of Jesus. We can say the words of Jesus, right? We can quote Jesus. Sometimes we want to add a lot of stuff to it, but we can just quote him today and say, This is my body which is given for you. Receive it in faith. Receive it in hope. Receive it knowing that God is nourishing us in ways we can't even see or imagine. Maybe God will open our eyes and we will see Christ. Father, we ask you to pour your love into this moment. We ask you to open our hearts and our eyes to see you in this moment and to receive from you this testimony of love. Father, love us in this moment as we eat this bread. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. you stand for the reading of the word, please? Those of you who are able. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. You are those who have stood by me in my trials. And I confer on you a kingdom, just as my Father conferred one on me. So that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones judging the twelve tribes of Israel. The Word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. That you may sit at my table in my kingdom. To sit at my table in my kingdom. 
Can you imagine what that may have sounded like for those disciples? I don't think they were thinking about sitting at a table with a dead Christ, right? To sit at my table in my kingdom. Jesus talks about, I'm going to drink this again with you. We're going to eat this together. We're going to be at the table together. It my, at my table in my kingdom. And I will eat and drink again with you. It's not over. I'm about to suffer, but it's not over. They maybe didn't catch all that for sure. But Jesus talking about his suffering also says, but the suffering will not be the end of the story. Because I will eat and drink with you again at my table in my kingdom. A student told me one time about a story that happened to him. He was kind of, oh, being a little rambunctious, I guess, in the sanctuary. And an older gentleman, no doubt, of good intentions, came up to him and said, Now you need to calm down, you need to be quiet. And then he pointed at the table. And he said, The dead body of Christ is on the table. Now I think that's quite an astounding statement, first of all, but it reveals something about how you think about the table. The dead body of Christ is on the table. It's like the dead body is in the casket or something. It's like the dead body is on the table. This is a funeral. You need to be quiet. You need to be silent. You need to be somber. You need to be sad. Because this is a funeral we're talking about here. This Lord's table is a sad table because Christ died and I'm the one who put Him on the cross. And it's that sort of idea about the Lord's Supper that has created a kind of silence and somberness and sadness around the table. But brothers and sisters, there is no dead body of Christ. Christ is alive. And the body of Christ has been raised from the dead and transformed and sits at the right hand of God. The living, resurrected Christ sits at the right hand of God. And that resurrected Christ said, I'm going to eat with you at the table. Jesus promised that He would eat with us. Matthew 26, verse 30, to get a different kind of language than Luke has. But it's about Jesus eating with us. It's about Jesus hosting the table. That He is the living host of this table. This is not about the dead body of Christ. It is about the living body of Christ. That after Christ has suffered, Christ has been raised and now calls us to the table, invites us to the table to sit with Him and eat and drink at His table in His kingdom to celebrate the defeat of sin, to celebrate the defeat of death, to celebrate the defeat of injustice, to say, this is my kingdom, this is a community that bears witness to life and justice and peace. 
And when you sit at my table, you embody that. And you receive from me life and communion. This is no funeral. This is a celebration of life. Jesus is the host of this table. And he invites us to sit with him. To eat with him. To celebrate the life of the kingdom of God. That's what this table is about. Because in this moment, I want us to to experience life and joy and communion with each other. Because we are eating with each other with Christ. And in this moment, I want you to ask, I want you to, I want to ask you to do something a little different. It used to be in Churches of Christ that we sat around a table. You know, back in the 1830s, 1840s, people actually had a table, and they came up and gathered around the table, and sometimes sat at the table that was big enough table and enough people, and then few, you know, right number of people. But then later on in Churches of Christ, we began to stand. We didn't, maybe got too large together around a table. We started standing for the Lord's Supper. Some of you may even remember something like that. We still do it in a Hispanic church. In the church where I attend, a Latino church in Nashville, they stand for the Lord's Supper. So in this moment, I'm going to ask us, not right, no, well, I want to ask you to stand in just a moment. I want to ask you to stand. And I know it's going to be a little chaotic. But it's okay. Thanksgiving meals are pretty chaotic sometimes, right? So when you stand, figure out what row you're in, you know, and turn around to the person behind you. Or it may be that they're turning around to face you. So, you know, we've had second and third row here. Second row, stand, turn, face the third row. And fourth, face the fifth row. And you're smart enough to figure it out, I hope, you know. But face each other. And when you face each other, have the communion between you. Don't do this kind of, all right, my turn. No, it's your turn. Do this together. Look at each other. When you stand, if you don't know each other, introduce yourself to each other. I did this one time in a church. And it came back to me that when this, pers- this couple stood and then the couple behind them stood and they turned, one turned around to look at the other, they had been in a lawsuit against each other. And now they had the blood of Christ between them. They settled the lawsuit that day because this is more important than whatever strife may be between us. So hold that communion between you and lift up your cups together and speak to each other. The Lord is risen. He is risen indeed, if you will. Or speak to each other. This is the blood of Christ poured out for you. Say what you want to say. Speak the word of assurance from Jesus Christ. This is my blood. Speak the word of assurance from the Scripture. Christ is risen. 
whatever you want to say, look each other in the eye and give thanks to God and drink together. And then, spend some time talking with each other if you want to. Or, you can turn around, sit down in silence. Whatever is more comfortable for you. But in this moment, the risen Christ is speaking a word into your life. Because when we drank that cup, Jesus is speaking to us. He is saying, this is my blood, and I am risen. You're at my table in my kingdom. Lord God, we give you praise. Thank you. Thank you for this cup. Thank you for the blood that makes us clean. Takes away all our sin. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Again, from the Gospel of Luke. A dispute also arose among them as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. And Jesus said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who execute authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest among you should be like the youngest, and the one who rules like the one who serves. For who is greater, the one who is at the table or the one who serves? Is it not the one who is at the table? But I am among you as one who serves. The Word of God for the people of God. And you may be seated. I am among you as one who serves. It's kind of amazing, isn't it? That in this moment of table, an argument breaks out among the disciples about who's the greatest. I mean, they've had that argument before. Apparently, it's not over yet. Because here it breaks out again. And maybe, maybe it breaks out because Jesus has been talking about kingdom. You know, and he says, hey, I will not eat or drink this again until the kingdom comes. And everybody at the table is saying, yeah, that means the kingdom is coming before the next Passover. And that generates a discussion about who's going to do what in the kingdom and who's going to sit where and who's going to be what. And who's the greatest? And Jesus says, stop it. Just stop it. This is not who I called you to be. You're acting like the kings of the Gentiles. You're acting like rulers and powers. They're the ones who assert their authority. They're the ones who give a lot of money and then want all the glory. They're the ones who want to be benefactors and then say, now you owe me. It should not be so among you. Who am I? Who's, who's the greatest here? Who's sitting at the table and who's serving? And Jesus says, I'm the one who's serving. 
And you might remember in that context, the Gospel of John tells us something else happened in that world, right? In that framework. Jesus washed some feet. Jesus served that table. But more to the point, Jesus is the one who said, This is my body given for you. This is my blood poured out for you. Not for me. For you. I did this for you. I am serving you. This table is about how I serve you. I give you. And you sit here at my table and argue about who's the greatest? It should not be so among you. Remember who you are. This table shapes you in a particular way. This table is telling you a story. A story that you should inhabit. A story that should shape your life. A story that should mean something in your life. It's a story about how God became human. How God served us. How God emptied God's self. How God humbled God's self to serve us and to be a servant among us. And if you're going to sit, as Jesus might say, you're going to sit at my table in my kingdom, you'd better get straight what my kingdom's about. My kingdom is not about your power. It's not about your control. It's not about your ethnicity. It's not about your economics. It's about serving others. That's what my kingdom is about. And if you're going to sit at my table, then you better leave my table as servants, not as controllers or power people. It's a pretty sobering thought, I think, that the table is not only a gift, but it's a task. It's a gift of fellowship and joy and life, but it's a task, it's a mission. It calls us into a mission. It calls us to join in the mission of Jesus, to serve others, to become bread for the world just as He became bread for the world, to give our lives just as He gave His life, to humble ourselves just as He humbled Himself and to become servants for the world, for the sake of the world, in this kingdom body. And that starts in some ways with how we share here, and how we share power here, and how we treat one another here, and how we love one another here, despite all the the things that may have gone on between us. I, got a, I went to Kansas on one occasion to, to, to preach, and, and um, they asked me to preach on the Lord's Supper, and I, I preached on this text we just read. I, I preached on the servanthood sort of thing and how we serve each other and how the table is about serving each other and learning to serve others. And I asked them as they passed the tray, just as I asked you earlier about when you pass the tray, to say something. Um, and I asked them to say this, I am your servant. 
We're in this body together, and we are a body of servants, and we serve each other. So when you pass the tray, you be Jesus, and you say, this is my body. Not just that, but you say, I am your servant. And that happened to be a Sunday, and I can remember seeing them. I remember seeing, you know, this, this man sitting on one end of the pew and this woman sitting on the other end of the pew, and there's nobody in between. They're on the second row. They must have been sitting there for years. They probably had their name on it or something, right? Because they used to be married, and now they're divorced. I didn't know that at the time. I got an email from this guy who walked over to the woman and said, I am your servant. I got an email from him two years later. Two years. And he said, I hated my wife before that. My ex-wife. But when I had to say, I am your servant to her with the body of Christ between us. I can tell you that two years later, we're not remarried, but we are friends in the body of Christ. When we serve each other, we come from the table. This table is about mission. And so about the offering we're about to take up, this offering flows from the table. This offering arises out of the experience of the table because God has gifted us, gifted us with the body and blood of Christ, gifted us in so many other ways, and gifted us with life. We share life with others, and one of the ways we do that is through this offering. Hopefully that's not the only way we do it. Hopefully we share our whole selves with others. But in this moment, with the needs of this church, and your participation in this body, You serve this body by sharing out of your resources, just as Christ shared with us out of his resource and his life. Father, we give you thanks for your blessings and for your gifts to us. Father, receive our gift to you. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. While the plates are being passed, please put your connection cards in there. I love the way this service is flowing, especially in this moment. Many of us grew up when a a brother would stand before us every Sunday, and and between communion and the taking of the offering, he would say, separate and apart from the Lord's Supper, make sure there's a big wall here, we're now going to take the offering. Do not dare mix two items of worship. And yet, what I love, I always thought even as a kid, what what we ought to be saying as we flow from one to the other is, because of what Jesus has given for us, now we give. And so I hope you give in that spirit. I want to go back to the question that John Mark used at the beginning of his time. He said, when, when Jesus inaugurated the Lord's Supper in the middle of the Passover, he asked the question, how did the disciples hear it? And they're used to a very set ritual like we are, and it was interrupted by this. And so I imagine there was some confusion. And and I want to ask you today, is our normal ritual has been interrupted. How do you hear it? What are you hearing through this message? What are you hearing by our interaction together? 
I hope you're not hearing what many of us heard growing up, that this is a, a somber time about a dead Savior. I hope you're not hearing that this is the time to beat yourself up in guilt. I hope you didn't hear that this is simply a checklist for you to check off to make it through the service and do all the right things. In our group, one of the, the brothers said, you know, I, I grew up and the only way I understood this was just something we did to remember Jesus. And it's so much richer than that. And, and as we reflect on that, the, the verse that's continued to come to my mind all morning is from the book of 1 John. We love him. Why? Because he first loved us. And, and now as we come to the response time of our message, I hope what you have experienced is a Jesus who meets you at the table, a place where you keep company with him, a, a place where he actually sits with you, a place where he actually, this is crazy, God serves you. And so, it seems to me our response should be to be blown away by this and just to love him back. And so today, if you need to, to make a public stand for Jesus and your love for him, if today you need the prayers of the church to walk out of here a changed person, so this doesn't end when you walk out of the doors. Why don't you come right now while we stand together and sing?